0: Hi there, Steve Arterburn here. Thanks for joining me, and I'll be here the whole hour. I have one amazing guest. You know, Dave Stoop and I. The last uh, book we wrote together, "The Soul of a Hero," and uh, I want to talk to you uh, about a hero. <laughs> I met her on a plane, and uh, it was int- it was really fascinating because she was reading a book, and she was reading it on her iPad, and I, I said I I, know, I I had missed a plane, so it was just a random thing. I'm on, on this plane, sitting next to this person, and I said, I know you're going to think this is weird, but that book that you're reading, <laughs> I'm the guy in that chapter right there over there. And so I showed her, and uh, it was a book by Daniel Amen, and it was uh, his I think it was his redo or revision of Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. And there's a story of uh, of what he did and the impact it had on me. And so uh, the person I was sitting next to reading that, her name is Lila Rose. And who knew? But here are these two people who uh, were so, so believing in the value of life and the need for all of us uh, to save and speak for uh, the unborn and to honor all forms of life, and I am thrilled to have her here, Lila Rose Lila, welcome, thanks for joining me today.
1: thanks so much thanks so much for having me on,
0: Steve. well, I want to tell people uh you know you've you've got this brand new book it's a fantastic book, and i'll I'll tell folks a little bit about that, but it's called Fighting for Life, but Lila. Uh, is one of National Journal's 25 Most Influential Women Under 35. Christianity Today did 33, under 33. She was on that list. She's been on Hannity, Tucker Carlson. I saw her at the White House uh, speaking there. She has spoken to European Parliament, United Nations Commission on the Status of Women. And all of this, all of this work that she has done is all about saving the lives and honoring the lives of the unborn. And she started an organization called Live Action. And I want you to talk about uh, what you're doing with Live Action. We'll talk about a an event you're having August 21st. I'm going to be at that event. But Lila, as I read your book, I realized all of the this... This that you're doing, this passion in life, it really uh, started with nightmares as a child. Isn't that right?
1: Well, it's something I've had throughout my life is nightmares about the plight that children undergo today. Most people uh, don't know the extent of the abortion crisis. There's 2,300 abortions every single day in America Um, worldwide, that's tens of thousands of abortions every single day. And these are boys and girls, sons and daughters. Um, many of them, all of them have beating hearts. Uh, You know, every abortion is after three and a half weeks, which is when the heart of the child already has started to beat. And yeah, I mean, when I first discovered this and started learning about this as a kid, I was so deeply moved by it. I mean, I, I read a book that gives the history of abortion law in the United States. 1973 is when abortion was legalized. Since then, over 60 million children have been killed by legal abortion, and that's devastating for these children. But devastating for the mothers and the fathers, yeah. uh, people who carry that 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 weight. And so, and, and healing is so necessary. And so, yeah, I mean, nightmares are certainly a, a part of it. I'm just doing investigative reporting. I've been investigating the abortion industry in the United States for over a decade now, and you see just a total disregard for human life. I mean, abortionists, we have them admitting on tape, undercover camera, that they leave children old enough to survive outside the womb to die after botched abortion attempts, Um, abortionists lying to women, manipulating them, pressuring them, Uh, the promotion of uh, the the pushing of sexual abuse cover-up, those girls who are sexually abused and get pregnant, and the abortion clinic covers up the abuse and sends the girl after an abortion, back to her abuser. So all this to say, this is a human rights crisis. It's one that I've dedicated my life to fighting. And it's one that Live Action is now globally focused on educating people about, because I think that's the key, Stephen. And I know you're passionate about this, too, is education. If people know, knew what was happening, and then they were equipped to stand up and get involved in the fight for life, then we can save many lives and turn the tide.
0: Well, I, I one of the things that uh, I knew when there was this turn uh, in in opinion and more people believed abortion was wrong than right. Uh, it was a few years ago that we kind of crossed this barrier. But is that still the case, Lila, or have we gone back the other way?
1: We have these two competing factions where people, it's about 50-50, depending on which poll and which year, people consider themselves pro-life or pro-choice. But the vast majority of Americans want abortion restrictions, so they aren't comfortable with fully legalized abortion, which is what the United States has in Some states abortion is legal through all nine months of pregnancy for any reason. So most Americans have pro-life sentiment. They want to protect life in the womb. How to do that politically, there's debate about. So what Live Action focuses on is educating, especially millennials and Gen Z, about the humanity of the baby, showing the fetal development of a child, the heartbeat at three and a half weeks, nervous system's already forming by six weeks. Um, at the end of the first trimester, the whole child's body is already formed. Mm, um, yeah. The baby's moving, can clench his or her uh, fist, can clench their jaw. And it's incredible how quickly this baby grows. And then also educating on what abortion actually does. Most people don't realize How barbaric it is that this is a this literal dismemberment of a of a living growing child. So Mm -hmm. we see when we educate people and they have access to this information that's often not being shared with them because their school system and media is so pro-abortion. We see people changing their minds all the time and Mm -hmm. going from pro-choice, what they thought they were, to pro-life. So that trend of people changing their minds is continuing to grow and we're excited to see that only pick up steam when people get access to this information.
0: Yeah well you know I made up this um, little phrase called toxic tribal affinity and you know it's it's this thing of where people they don't care about the truth they just want to belong they don't want to stand out and but they know they know this is a baby they know this isn't just cells they know it's a life, you know when you talk about education, Lila, one of the things that I think is so helpful. people use the instance of rape as justification uh, to keep uh, abortion in place. but the research shows that so many women that abort the baby after rape, you know in our society, we don't punish the children of criminals. And then years later or months later after the abortion, the woman who was raped, she feels like she was the aggressor against her child and has all sorts of complications there. And then the other thing is having the abortion does nothing to help with the trauma, the horrible trauma of being raped. And, you know, I I have no judgment against anybody and the decision that they make, but the research shows it doesn't fix anything. And, you know, we had a a girl in our home who was a rape baby. She said she was the only category that Christians would say, well, it's all right if you don't exist. And if they had their way, you know, they would be, she would have been aborted. So I think education, and you do it so well with all that you do with live action, education is the answer. So, what, what is, what, what do you think is something that somebody listening right now can do? I mean, you've done so much. How many people do you have as part of live action? How many are getting uh, the feeds, the emails, the posts, all of that?
1: Well, we reach about 15 million people every single week with pro content. So that's mostly Amazing. Gen Zers and Millennials. And then we are at, I think we're at 1.4 billion video views now um, over the last several years. So we're just seeing millions and millions of people engaging with this content. We're we're, we're the most highly engaged um, pro-life or any abortion-related content online globally, period. So beating out any pro-abortion group um, and the most engaged pro-life group as well. So it's exciting to see that. I mean, there's a lot of energy here because when people... Find out the truth about abortion, and they see this is the killing of an innocent human life. And then when they co- contemplate, you know, this is not advancing women. You know, this mm-hmm. idea that our our empowerment as as women is achieved by literally killing our own flesh and blood. When that idea is shot down as it's as a lie that it is, people become passionately pro life. And so we just see. I mean, people turning you know by by just seeing this information hearing this different perspective of uh, becoming pro life and i i just want to encourage anyone listening you know it it doesn't matter what happened in our histories i mean many people even in the church who've had abortions um people that are close to me i mean abortion has affected so many of us but that can be our past there is healing for those who've had abortions and nobody need to be needs to be stuck in the pro choice mentality that Human life is disposable. You know, we can change. Mm-hmm. We can become pro life. We can be passionately pro life. And I think the more that Christians are willing to talk about this, I'm so glad you're talking about it, Stephen. I know you're very passionate and, and so grateful for all of your incredible support of Live Action and the pro life mission. The more people are willing to stand up and speak the truth and, you know, talk about this in the church and, and out of the church, uh, yeah. the more lives are saved and people are willing to change their mind. But Again, we live in a society where the school system, the public school system, uh, most media today, you know the, the current president of the United States, it's very pro-abortion. So speaking the truth, standing up for the truth, the truth for life is a breath of fresh air and very, I think, attractive to people because they have that opportunity to see life for what it is as precious and worth fighting for.
0: Well, you are uh, such a hero and such a champion in all of this. You're very bright. You you really have impacted so many people. And your book, I mean, it, it I have to tell you, it is inspirational and motivational for people to do something with their lives and not just be pro-life. But, I mean, when you read this and what you did, I mean, you know, you, you raised $3,000 for a pregnancy center uh, at age nine. I mean you you really do believe I mean after I read the, read the book you believe you were called to this but also that everybody has a calling and that that they need uh, to live into and it's very inspirational and motivational to find that calling and do what you can to change the world. So I gave this one example of uh people use the uh, rape and incest as a reason uh, that abortion should exist. What's another argument that uh, the pro-abortion world throws out there, uh, and and it, that's confusing and wrong? And what is the answer? Can you think of something that that they're using now to keep people believing that abortion must stay in place as it is? Of
1: course. Well, there's there's a, there's a lot, and I can I name a couple now quickly. One is the child is going to have a bad life. I mean, I think, I can't count the number of times I've heard from abortion advocates, well, what about foster care? What about, you know, children in low socioeconomic situations and they're suffering and they're struggling? It's going to be a life of hardship. So why would you bring a child like that into the world?
0: And And you 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 just think think of how many great great (laughs) adults have come out of horrible
1: childhoods. (laughs) Right. I mean, what that argument is really saying is, they don't have a chance and they're not, their lives are not worth living. So we should just kill them before they're born. And I can't imagine a more, I mean, there is not a more uh, negative view of life than that to say life isn't worth living because life might be hard instead of saying, let's fight to make life better for these children instead of killing them off before they're born. I mean, would you look at a foster care kid in the eyes and say, it would be better if you weren't born. No, you would say no. I want to fight for you, and you know the church should get involved in supporting foster families and becoming foster families. And I know there's a lot of push in many churches to do just that, which is great. Uh, that's our focus: not supporting killing, murdering children before they're born because they might have a bad life. You know, it's not our it's not our decision to ever make for someone else's life, and it's it's the worst view of life. It, it says there's no potential, there's no hope, but. When there's life, there's always hope, and that's that's what we need to be that's what we need to be promoting. Um, one other one, if there's time, Stephen, that we get a lot sure. is about medical reasons. I mean, people say we need to have abortion because it's medically necessary, and you know we hear this a lot from you know well-meaning people because they've been told maybe by their doctor that if unless they have an abortion, their health is at risk. And this is a particularly infuriating uh, uh, pro-abortion talking point that is not true. I mean, there are 2,000 um, OBGYNs and the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists who say that killing a baby is not a medical treatment. You know, in any in any abortion situation you have to deliver a dead baby. That's not a medical treatment. There are ways to treat a pregnant woman who's high risk by monitoring her pregnancy, by caring for both her and her baby and and and, and giving that child as best a chance of being born alive as possible. By contrast, an abortion is direct killing of that baby. Uh, it, making sure that baby is born dead instead of born alive. So a true med- medical doctor, a true, you know, an authentic uh, treatment of a woman in a high risk situation is to care for her in her pregnancy and do everything possible to deliver that baby alive instead of going in there in an abortion and intentionally taking that child's life. So that's also another crucial
2: yeah.
1: uh, misconception or myth to expose because it's used to convince women, many well intentioned women and parents that they should go have an abortion when that's actually not a medical treatment and there are ways to care for high-risk situations while fighting for the life of both the mother and the baby.
0: And and by the same token there, um, I, I've spoken at so many pregnancy centers over the years. I don't know of any pregnancy center that would say to a woman, well, you you need to sacrifice your life for the baby either. So we're not... Saying get rid of the baby, We're not say say get rid of the mother. But here's the thing: sometimes a procedure you're you're trying to save mom and save the baby. Sometimes a procedure uh, that's necessary takes the life of the baby. It's called an unintended effect of a medical procedure. They didn't want the baby to die. That's not the purpose of the procedure, like you're saying, to take the life of a baby. But it people say, well, you know. It's That's an abortion. No, it, it would be an unintended effect if that baby were to die in whatever that treatment was. But when I talk to OBGYN folks, those situations are so rare that that ever happens. But people act like it's something that, that happens every day, and it really very, very rare. So anybody saying we've got to keep abortion uh, in place because the baby must be aborted to save the mother. They really don't know what they're talking about there. And talk about the other thing about people that say we, we must be able to abort a child who's going to be born handicapped.
1: Right. And, and to follow up, too, on, on what you were just saying about the health of the life of the mother, I mean, if, if, for example, a woman's undergoing chemotherapy yeah. because, and she's pregnant and the tragic Consequence, indirect consequence of the chemotherapy is a miscarriage, that's not an abortion. An abortion procedure is designed to kill a child. So when we talk about banning abortions, we're talking about procedures specifically designed to kill. We're not talking about medical treatments that can have side effects. So I think that's a very, very important distinction that you're making and a very good one. Um, But to answer your question about children with disabilities, I mean, we get this a lot too. Well, what if the baby is going to be disabled? You know, and, and there's just tragic statistics. In the United States and, and internationally, here in the US, the number is over 60% of children who are determined to have Down syndrome before birth are killed, typically yeah. around 20 weeks or so. You know, when they're almost old enough to survive outside the womb, they're fully formed, they feel the excruciating pain of the abortionist needle. We're killing, we're euthanizing effectively, murdering children with disabilities before they're born in the name of compassion. And there's some countries like the Netherlands who celebrate being quote-unquote Down syndrome free. This was a headline a couple years ago where Down syndrome free. No, they weren't Down syndrome free. They just killed every single child with Down syndrome before birth in a relentless search-and-destroy methodical process run by the medical system in the Netherlands so that no child with Down syndrome would ever have their first birthday. And that That is a great tragedy and injustice.
0: Mm. So I think we have
1: to flip the script on disability in this country and internationally and say, listen, children with disabilities are just as much children as anybody else. Your disability does not define your value. You're valuable, period, if you're a human being. And in fact, if you have a disability – you deserve extra care. You deserve right. uh, to make sure people, you know a society goes an extra mile for you, and we should be supporting families that have kids with disabilities. And there's a lot of great programs that do that, a lot of people in the public movement involved with that, which I'm really proud of and I love. So we need to flip the script and say, if you've got a disability, you're just as precious. And, you know, once, you're, once you exist, you exist. I think there's this mythology that says if the baby's not born yet, if we can't see the baby with our naked eye because they're hidden in the womb of their mother, then somehow they're just not even a human. They're just not Mm. human. That is completely anti-science. It's anti-reality. It's it's just, it's a magical, magical thinking to wish away the existence of another human life. And we, we can't, we can't live in a false construct that encourages the murder of innocent human beings. So at the end of the day, Children with disabilities deserve
0: love and protection and life just like anybody else. Lila, I have to go to a break, and I, I just want you to – can you hold on for another five minutes? I want to finish up with you. You got can it. You, all right, <laughs> so we'll come back with you. You're listening, Steve Arterburn with Lila Rose, KKLA. We'll take a break and come back for more. The title of her book, Fighting for Life, it is so good, and you ought to read it to your your teenage kids. Fantastic book. We'll be back right after this. She is the face of the millennial pro-life movement. She has a podcast, The Lila Rose Show, with a brand new book, Fighting for Life. The subtitle, Becoming a Force for Change in a Wounded World. Very confused and wounded world at that. And I'll, I'll tell you, passivity has never solved one problem in this world. And this is not a passive person and you can become part of live action. Lila, I, I wanted to uh, wanted you to talk about the event that you're having on August 21st. Some, some people that might want to join you down in Southern California. I'm going to be there. Can't wait.
1: Well, I'm thrilled that you'll be there, Stephen. And we are going to be having a really special evening on August 21st, Saturday night in Laguna Niguel at the Ritz-Carlton. It's the Life Awards Gala. So we're actually honoring the work of some trailblazing heroes and leaders in the pro-life movement, um, including David Delighton He's a young man who's exposed Planned Parenthood's cover-up of the selling of baby body parts. This is the abortion industry selling baby body parts. So He's now actually being criminally prosecuted by the pro-abortion state of California for his undercover work. So he's really incredible um, person standing up to that persecution and standing up for the truth. So we'll be honoring him and others of other um, amazing heroes and celebrating supporting the work of live action and the pro-life movement so there's still some tickets available you can get that at liveaction.org but it's really important that we celebrate the win just as we fight this good fight and the beautiful thing is we get to hear every day of hearts and minds being changed on abortion of lives being saved because people have seen for the first time maybe the humanity of the baby and they're connected to the resources that they need and so i can't wait to um celebrate with you on august 21st
0: well i'm i'm looking forward to being there and i just want folks to know if if you've never really gotten involved in the pro life movement honoring life that god has created i i want you to get this book fighting for life you can get it on amazon or i would imagine You could get it at LiveAction.com. Is that right, Lila?
1: Yes. It's Fighting for Life. Is at LiveAction.org. It's on Amazon, wherever you buy books. And, um, yeah, I wrote it to be a manual for anybody who wants to fight for change in the world, uh, who feels called to make a difference. They feel that in their heart, And maybe you don't know how to get started or you're facing insecurities or you're busy. And so it was really the step-by-step manual the steps that I took and learned the hard way, I put it on a book for for everybody, because, listen, we're all called to make a difference. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. me, it's not just you, Stephen, it's not just, you know, your pastor or the head of this nonprofit, but everybody, wanted, every every single one of us, no matter our state in life, we're called to, to fight for life and to fight for the causes that matter. So I hope Fighting for Life is um, inspiring and helpful to everybody who picks it
0: up. Well, this book is inspiring, it's motivational, and as are you, Lila, and uh, I, I just am so grateful that you're in this world. And I I mean, what if you had been aborted? All of this great work would not have been done. And when you think of all the lives that are being destroyed, it, it's such a tragedy, and you're doing great things to reverse that. Uh, the website is liveaction.org, and, of course, the book title, Fighting for Life, by Lila Rose, and I hope you'll get a copy. Lila, thank you for joining me, and uh, I look forward to seeing you on August the 21st. And God bless you. God bless you.
1: Thank you so much, Stephen.
0: All right. Really uh, one of the heroes of our day, ladies and gentlemen. And this book, I mean, it is just fantastic. And it draws you right in from (laughs) the nightmares of a little girl to... Uh, raising money early on and then starting this organization as a teen. And, you know, she didn't have an abortion. She did this because she loves God and loves life. She's got faith like crazy. One, Two of her heroes, Tor, Corrie ten Boom and Mother Teresa, uh, all of this in this amazing book, Fighting for Life. Now, I, I really believe she is an exceptional person for one reason that she picked up the mantle and lived out the calling that God had on her life. And God has a calling on every person's life. I really believe that. By the way, if you uh, have something you want to say about Lila, uh, live action, uh, the documentaries about life, uh, the phone number, it's real simple. You can call right now, 888-52-TALKS. Eight 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 five two, 52 I would love uh, to talk with you and a pretty simple number eight 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 five two talks but Lila did what? what I think God wants all of us to do and that's to answer a call he's designed us to do extraordinary things and he makes us competent In those areas to do those things. And he gives us these gifts and these strengths and these skills. And we just, you know, we just need to do it, take advantage of these gifts rather than use them for some other person. Um, Act, do, choose. It's pretty amazing what happens when somebody lives in to the calling that God. Has given. All right, let's uh, let's go right to the uh, phones here, and I believe we've got Jody on the line, uh, calling from Texas. And so, uh, Jody, you're on. Steve Arterburn here, and thanks for joining me. How you doing?
2: Hi there, Steve. Hi there. Well, cool. I have a, a you know feeling about abortion that um, I, I think it's a very selfish act, because there are so many more people involved than just the mother and whatever it is she's dealing with that would cause her to do such a thing. Um, You know, there's the father who may also want the abortion, but there's sets of grandparents and aunts and uncles and future sisters and brothers and so many people, you know, involved that, you know, and I think unrepented abortion has eternal consequences that, are far beyond what we can even begin to think of. And, um, you know, I think these women need help, and I I think they need crisis pregnancy centers and all kinds of options, groups, and, you know, other community uh, groups where they can get together, and someone who's been there can help them walk through that, that path of, Um, not making that decision, so I I applaud what Lila Rose is doing, but um, I have great concern for the woman because she's trying to use the murder of a child to solve some other problems that exist.
0: Well, I I appreciate your comments, and of course, um, having been part of an abortion, I, I just can't, when you wake up to the fact that you have have paid for and allowed your own child to be destroyed. It is devastating. And you know here's the thing, even if you're an atheist, there's some kind of intrinsic guilt that you're going to experience when you take the life of a child that you uh, help create. It just it's there and I've seen it in in so many different publications about the impact that it has on both the man and the woman. And so I appreciate uh, what you're saying. And and here's the thing. You're talking about unrepentant folks who have abortions, but God is right there wanting uh, to provide the grace and the forgiveness uh, to anyone who's made this kind of decision. God loves you and uh, wants to be there for you in your suffering. And a lot of times, the shame is so great, we turn away from it. And uh, so I, I'm glad you brought up, yes, we need to repent, and God is always faithful to forgive. Anything else you want to say, Jody?
2: Uh, just that um, we need to love these women and, and those that have had an abortion. There are programs, there are groups, there are resources available, and that... Um, it's, it's not hopeless once that happens, and yes, it'll be painful, but they can pay that story forward if they'll just do the hard work to get to those things that are behind the decision to make an abortion, to have an abortion.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks for your phone call, and uh, God bless you, and I, um, well, it's, uh, I've got a copy of this uh, book, Fighting for Life. I'll, I'll try to get it out to you there. I uh, Well, again, let me give you the number again. its eight eight five two 888-52-T-A-L-K-S. There's another caller. Let's see. Uh, I believe this is going to be Carmen from Irvine. Carmen, you're on. Uh, did you have something to say about Lila Rose, the pro-life abortion? What are you thinking?
1: I do. Lila was such a great person, and I totally align with what she's saying. I was just wondering... What do you think the best response is to people who say that forcing an unwanted birth does nothing but tax our system, that we don't have enough resources, enough money to, you know, to raise the kids, there's not enough foster care? What do you think the best way that we can address that is?
0: You know, uh, I I think that anybody saying something like that absolutely has no idea how much that God loves us, and the value of life, uh, somehow they've missed it because there is no excuse for ever destroying a life created by God uh, and, and all that God has planned. I, I've got to go to a break. We'll talk about this a little bit more right after this. You're listening. Steve Arterburn here. And if you want to join me, 888-52-TALK. Steve Arterburn here. We are talking about life and abortion. And right before the break there, I was talking with Carmen. want to answer her question, and then we'll uh, take another call here. 888-52-TALKS if you want to join me here in our final uh, segment right here. But uh, let, me, let me say this. Um, the question is, well, should we bring a child, an unwanted child, into a difficult world. Wouldn't it be better if they were never born? And I, I made this statement that, well, obviously, a person that's saying that doesn't really understand the value of life of each individual, Jesus dying on the cross for every person here, God creating us. But here are some of the answers to that issue. You don't have to bring a child into an unwanted situation, Carmen. You, The person could... Give this child up for adoption. I paid for an abortion. I forced a woman to have an abortion, and then I was fortunate enough to adopt a, a young baby that, that was saved from abortion. A couple, they were 16, and she's one of the most incredible human beings uh, ever, Madeline. Uh, and you know, living there successfully in Southern California, I love her so much. So that's one thing. No one had to bring her into a world that was difficult. Uh, I loved her from the moment I saw her. There are pregnancy centers all over this country that if a mother were to say, look, I want to have this baby, but I'm going to need some help, they would help you. They would support you. They're not just for babies. They're for babies and mothers. There are churches that if you went to that church and said, I want to have this baby, but I don't have the resources and and things are going to be terrible... Most churches would do whatever they could to help you. But here's what I think is the big answer. Quit giving money to Planned Parenthood until it becomes an organization for purposeful parenting. Think about all of the services that could be provided if that organization would quit quit killing babies and start helping the parents of children be the best parents ever. Anyway, I hope that that's... Helpful, and many of you, maybe you'll post online some of your ideas of how we can do anything and need to do anything other than destroy the life of a child. Thank you for calling us, Carmen. I've got time for another call here. Let's go to Diane and um, Diane, you're on. And uh, thanks for calling, Diane. Are you there? Let's see. Me. Hi.
1: Hi. Hi. Um, um, yeah. Do you have a comment? Is, sorry.
0: Yeah. Do you have a comment?
1: Yeah. My question is, um, how does a mom reconcile in her heart when her son has told her an ex-girlfriend had an abortion and he didn't even know?
0: Oh, it's horrible. Um, You know, I talk about uh, so often the role that a man has in the decision for abortion. And oftentimes uh, it is the man's pressure or lack of support That causes the person to say, well, I'm going to have this abortion. And when a man steps up and says, I will be there for you and I will be there for the baby, uh, then that abortion most likely is not going to happen. But how sad, and it happens all the time, man doesn't even know that his uh, girlfriend was pregnant and then she has the abortion or... He knows she's going to do it and uh, he doesn't think there's anything he can do to stop it. So just like anything in life, any tragedy that we go through, I think, you know, we have to grieve that loss and we have to help this, this young man grieve that loss, fully experience the sadness and be there for him and love him rather, you know, than than judge or create any kind of shame. I used to think that was my job to prove how ashamed I was, but that that's what Satan wanted me to do and what Jesus wants us all to do who've made some really crummy mistakes is to live in his grace and forgiveness, to repent, to turn around, and and when we do that, then He takes some of the worst things in our lives and he helps other people with it. So I I so feel for him, I feel for you and and I just hope and pray that it would be a safe place for him to grieve this loss and a safe place for him to uh, have the space, the time and the freedom to get through this. Forgive himself, forgive that girl and and know that uh, that baby is in a good place with our lord. Thanks for calling us uh Diane, appreciate Thanks. that. Yeah. Well, it really is a tough issue. And you know, I was talking about this this toxic, toxic, this this poisonous tribal affinity that that really makes all the evidence in the world meaningless because you want to belong you want to be part of something and so you don't even even care whatsoever about the truth and the truth is you look at a sonogram and you see a little beating heart and you stop that heart from beating you are stopping a life from existing it's just it's just that simple And think of all of the people that have never been given a chance for life and what this world would be like if all of those folks had lived out their purpose. And and maybe you've thought, you know, I'd love to do something for someone. I'd love to have my life have some meaning and purpose. Okay, so here's one thing. Support organizations like Live Action and New Life that are that are all for life and the abundant life, not just life itself, but an abundant life beyond anything you could ever dream. So you could support. Or you could go to work and volunteer at a pregnancy resource center and or become an activist and do whatever you can to support life. Now, there's a lot of talk about whether or not the Supreme Court would overturn Roe versus Wade, and I want you to know that if they did, well, you know it just it doesn't eliminate abortion. It just throws that decision back to the states, and so there are going to be some states they're not going to change, and it's going to be available there going to not be available in other places if it's overturned. Well, that means that some people would have to go to a lot of trouble to have an abortion. Anything we can do to lower the amount of folks having abortion, that's a good thing. It doesn't solve everything, but it's a good thing. But here's the thing that I've seen in, in this awareness in these women's resource centers and pregnancy centers around the country. If Roe versus Wade is overturned, they're, they're not finished. They, their job doesn't change because they are still going to be wanting to help women who are in a crisis, who need help. Maybe the wom- they're just as for the woman who has that baby and needs help raising it And they're just as for the woman who has the abortion. They want to help her heal because when you heal, there's a good chance that that's the last abortion you'll ever have. I hope that maybe something I've said would motivate you and inspire you to do something. Um, If you visit kkla.com forward slash new life, you can get a copy of Max Lucado. Uh, I did an interview with him called Fearless Living. You could get the 10 steps to freedom from fear. We've got a parenting seminar coming up. You can find out about that. And we also have the Emotional uh, Freedom Workshop coming up. uh, And that's going to be a powerful, powerful day. It's online. You can be part of that. Join us on New Life Live. It's right here on this station. And we love getting to help people. Call in whatever you've got that you're struggling with. We have some of the best Christian counselors available that want to take your call, answer your question. Because, um, you know, it's it's an honor for us to be able to hear what you're going through and provide whatever wisdom and insight that we can provide. Now, a lot of folks um, have been through some really tough things. Tough things by your own choice. And sometimes you feel like a second-class Christian or, you know, maybe you've gone too far, done too much, and God will will just finally give up on you. It's not true. And no matter how horrible what you've done, there's a, there's a great verse, Psalm 1829, and it says this, you, the Lord God, turn darkness to light. Now, don't miss this, this issue of turning darkness to light. God takes what Satan meant for evil. God takes things that that you hate that you did. And if you will trust him with it, resolve it, and and get through it and get over it, God will use that to reach other people. And you'll look back at your life and you'll say, the worst thing in my life became One of the greatest opportunities to serve other folks. That's what God does. He transforms evil. Transforms darkness into light and he wants to do that for you. If you need any kind of help with any of that, you can call us at one eight hundred New Life. If you if you want the resources I've provided, just go to KKLA forward slash New Life. I'll be back with you next time.